And I, and I get it. There's a disconnect in culturally. But if we don't try or we don't engage, we're going to miss out. And, 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 and so we don't discriminate because of age. The next thing, we don't discriminate because of sex. As Christians, we see men and women as equal in the eyes of God. Created equal, we create different, but we're also created equal. And we have to look each other in, those, in that context or with that set of lens. And here's the thing. We were made to complement each other, not to compete with each other. But what our culture has done is turn the things that are supposed to complement one another into a competition, and that's where we get the division from. And so this sin of our culture has championed a view that provided a platform for this movement called feminism. And there are so many movements that are nothing more than a distortion of God's original creation intent. And feminism at its core is nothing more than a distraction from what God created originally for humanity, for the benefit of humanity. And then on the male side of it, you know, they have a great argument sometimes because history tells us that, you know, in male chauvinism or abuse or downgrading and condescending attitudes towards women has given women and ammunition to even consider it feminism. And so, believe me let, me, let me tell you something about movements and injustices. Satan is always behind the curtain. He's behind the curtain of the original injustice itself, but also he's behind the overreaction of the injustice that creates another injustice. Because here's the deal. Satan will create an injustice to fight against the injustice to fight it within itself. Why is that? Because distortion, delusion, and distraction coincide with killing, stealing, and destroying. And so what, what, what Satan has, has, has done culturally has succeeded in the fact that he caused division between man and woman as a culture that distracted from God's original tent that it was supposed to benefit humanity. Does that make sense? And so we don't discriminate as, as believers. There's no room for discrimination against race. There's no room for discrimination against um, age or, or sex. There's no room in that. And so, but on another note, trying not to discriminate doesn't mean you throw discernment out the window. Because if you do that, then, 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 then anything goes. And I, I'll give you an illustration. Me and the youth pastor, Josh Anderson, was talking about this today. You know, so many times that we try not to discriminate, we, try, we try, just throw discernment out the window. But guess what? The random guy driving the candy truck or the van or whatever, playing the ice cream, I'm not going to let him you know, take my kids off when he offers to babysit my son. And that's not being discriminated. That's being, that's being wise. You don't let the candy man you know, take, take, take your son. And I don't care if he's wearing a three-piece suit because he may look the right part and may play the right part, but I'm still not letting him. It's not because I'm discriminating or stereotyping. I'm being a dad with wisdom. And so you got to be careful, guys, when we, when we talk about discrimination or we talk about any kind of injustice that we just don't throw discernment 
out the window. And I think that's what overreactions, how, how they begin. Or injustices that are contrary to another injustice. And so what's another reason why we show partiality? It's selfish gain. And I think we do this knowingly. You know, I think there are, there are those people who seek out relationships for personal gain. That It doesn't matter if it's two-way or not. They don't matter if they have anything to contribute to that person or not. They're willing to, to engage in that relationship if they can get something out of it. And guys, that's sad. I mean, there's a lot of people that do that. I would like to think that, that I've never done that, but, but the reality of it is, I mean, there have been, probably been times where this person can help me get a position or this person can help me put in a good word for me where I was not willing to aid in that relationship. But if that's your nature and that's what you do, you're nothing more than a parasite. Y'all know what a parasite is, Right? It basically sucks the life out of somebody else or, or it's a one-way relationship. I got a dog. His name is Buddy. Buddy showed up about three years ago. He was skinny as all get out, and he has a head that big around. So his head even looked more, more big when he was skinny. Garrison, you have a test. He's, Garrison has fed my dog when I've been out of town, so he knows that Buddy's a, he's a pretty, he's like a pit bull and a cur dog and, and whatever else he's got in him. I don't know. But buddy, every now and then, you, you know, you can't, you can take the dog out of the wild, but you can't take the wild out of the dog. He's got to go explore and, and go out in the woods and gallivant and everything else. And so he goes out into the back 40, and then when he comes back, all the kids are grossed out by all the ticks that are dangling off old buddy. And guess who gets to pick them off? You know, the, the, the dad, right? I'm a, I grew up on a farm, so that stuff doesn't bother me as bad. But, you, but the parasite basically is a one-sided relationship where it's just sucking the life out of the other person. And if you're in a one-sided relationship, or let me tell you this, if you're in a relationship that where somebody else is sucking the life out of you, you need to get out of it. Where that, it, all they want to do is benefit from what you have to offer instead of con- contributing to the relationship itself. And so... We live in a culture of stigma and status and as easily find ourselves hobnobbing for the sake of position and posture. It's basically, you know, being in the right fraternity to be able to get the right network, to get the right jobs, knowing the right person. And I'm not saying that networking is necessarily inherently bad. I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that if the relationship is one-sided for only your personal gain, and that's when it becomes sin. But here's the deal. I think we do this unknowingly. Because birds of a feather, what? Flock. Y'all know this, don't y'all? Birds of a feather flock together, okay. Right? So it's our tendency to gravitate towards folks that make us feel the best. And even though I don't think we intentionally do this, it's our natural tendency, but if that's your only, is that so-called people, then I think you're showing partiality. Let me explain that. Because when you hang out with people that are not like you, you have to be super what? Intentional. You have to get out of your box, maybe get out of a comfort zone, 
and this is where I, like, if you're, if you're a, a non-believer, if, you don't, if you're not a Christ follower, then this is probably not going to apply to you as much. But as believers, we have a responsibility to be about the other person. But the other person may not always be exactly like you. May not fit the bill of your emotional context. But when we're hanging out with only people like us, then we're only just hanging out for them to how they make us feel as opposed to what we can contribute to the actual relationship. I'm not saying that this is always inherently bad because, you know, because we need to have deepening relationships. And so we got to be in a safe place as far as being in a two-way relationship for us to happen, have those deepening relationships. I'm just saying that if that's all you hang out with or that's, that's your whole context, then there's something may, that may, be, may need to be evaluated. But when it comes to serving others, here's the deal. We will miss out on opportunities if we're only going to hang around folks that are like us. See, the, the root word for partiality is partial. So when we make judgments on very little information, then we're making judgment on partial information. When we make determinations or when we, our, our actions are solely based on visual perception, we're only acting on a partial of that person they're not the whole person himself or herself, meaning that we're only looking at that person and, and, and saying that person is somebody or, or, or not somebody based on what they look like as opposed to the whole gamut. When you're seeking a relationship for selfish gain, there's partiality. There's a partial relationship. There's not a holistic approach. And so if you're avoiding relationship because you may take it out of it may take you out of your comfort zone then there's a partial approach to that guys here here's the takeaway that i want us to think about because as christ followers we are in the people business if you don't know how to empathize if you don't know how to relate and I'm not saying we're all should be, you know, just automatically good at all these things. But these are skills that we should, like, consider if we're going to be about the other person. You know, Peter, as we attest to the passage of when Jesus called Peter from the seashore, and he was a fisherman, what did he say? I'm going to make you what? A fisher of what? Of men. That related to other people and so you have to be very intentional you have to be very empathetic you have to be very relatable to be able to relate to people so whether we are to purposely show partiality or not we need to put aside our prejudices and pursue we need to pursue people and look at the last part of this verse in verse 12 and 13 so speak and so act to those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. 
For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, and mercy triumphs over judgment. We talked about this law of liberty last week. And remember, you got to put the, the, the do's and don'ts on the right side of grace, because if you don't, you won't make a sense of the law of liberty, because the, the law of liberty consists of us being freed up to serve others. And all the got-tos become the get-tos. Guys, we get to serve others. We get to reach out. We get to get out of our comfort zones and make connections and make, to have gospel conversations. Those are get-tos because of what Christ has done for us. And if somebody comes and we approach somebody and if they're a believer, then, then we reach out to them because they possess the same Holy Spirit that we do. And, and, and they have the same Christ that we do. But if they're not a believer, then, then that person is, is a person that Christ died for. So either way, we're going to reach out to that, that person. And so, guys, I want you to challenge you to be a generation that doesn't show partiality, whatever the case may be. I want you to teach our generation to be better at being about other people. And through the role of the Holy Spirit and the role of, the, of His Word, we can do so. I just wanted to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for one second as the band comes up. Again, I want to make distinction between God's instruction and the role of the Holy Spirit that He plays in our lives because if we're going to be transformed by the renewing our mind, then we got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And that is maybe our, you know, giving the Word of God or maybe giving our devotion, or maybe it's giving our comfort zones, maybe it's giving up the things that we take pleasure in, whether it's sin, to serve and honor God. And guys, let me tell you, the scripture or the Christian experience will be nothing more than, than behavioral modification if it's not interpreted through your relationship or initial relationship with Christ. The end game is life transformation. It's not behavior modification. You could turn over a new leaf, but guess what? That is not going to carry into eternity. What you do in the Spirit and what you do in, in, in w with your relationship with Christ is going to carry throughout eternity. And so when we encounter a passage of Scripture like this, I just want to challenge you to do business however you see fit. I don't know where you are individually. I can just know where Justin, I got an answer for me. But I do know this, is that the God uses Scripture along with the Holy Spirit to either bring one or two things, comfort or conviction. But here's the deal. He deals with us in grace. And He deals with us in love. And He wants you to receive it and how He deals with you. Dear God, thank you so much for the cross and how it represents your great love for us. And Lord, I just pray, God, that as we address a, a topic, as we address a, a passage of Scripture that challenges us in a way, God, I just pray, that God, that you would just 
give us mercy and grace. And God, that we would look to you to fill us where we're empty. God, we would look to you to complete us where we lack. And God, no matter what the case may be, Lord, that we would just continue to desire for you to work in our lives. And Lord, as we sing these songs, whatever our response is, in the stillness of our our, our heart or in our minds, God, that we will respond accordingly. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.